This is a PSA. I love Tristan Thorne. <laughs> Welcome to the Also Also podcast. I'm Lainey, and that's Mara. I'm also one. She's also two. What? <laughs> it's like thing one, thing two. I we are like thing one, thing two. I know. <laughs> All right. Today we're talking about Stardust the movie. It is an adaptation. Very loose adaptation, but that's fine. So we're not going to compare okay. of the book Stardust. By Neil Gaiman. Um, the movie was um, written by Jane Goldman and Matthew Vaughn. Um, fun fact about those two. Neil Gaiman was very, very, very picky about giving away the rights to Stardust. Because he's a friend who... Some guy, Arthur something, who wrote Constantine. And the rights were sold. And they biffed that one up real hard oh, no. i guess and neil was very terrified of um what would happen to his stuff and obviously he's had he had a few other things go out before that like he had sold the rights to Coraline before stardust i think um but there was something else oh sandman anyway um and so he was like really picky i guess a lot of people kept asking him like "Ooh, can we have this can we have this and miramax i think is right um had the rights for a while but they never did anything with it so they like lost them or he took them back or whatever and then a lot of like independent actresses kept um approaching him asking if they could have it as like a vehicle to kind of start their own acting process he was like i do not want this to be a vehicle of any kind but matthew vaughn's wife um was pregnant and was and also broke her foot i think at the time and was sitting around like reading the book and matthew vaughn was they had already had two kids but he was tired of watching a bunch of kids movies that he didn't enjoy so he wanted to make a kids movie that was for adults but an adult movie that was for kids too and so they approached neil about doing it and then um Matthew offered Neil to write the screenplay and he's like, Nope, I wrote the novel. I don't want to write the screenplay. Um, I'll help you with some things, but that's about it. So he specifically handpicked Jane Goodman who had never wrote a screenplay in her life. She had only written books and was a journalist. And then he helped with like casting and like location scouting and stuff like that. And he loves it. Even though, it does not resemble the book almost at all. That's I like fine. that you um apparently were privy to all of this. Like you were there with them is the play by play I just got. It was <laughs> not. I just told you what I just found out on the internet. I just found out the internet's a wonderful thing. Also, if anybody has a problem with me calling Neil Gaiman Neil, Neil, I will just say that if I message him on Tumblr, he'll give me the rights. He'll say we're friends and that I'm allowed to call him Neil. He's done it before. We'll okay, now into the, the movie. Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. Anyway, so the movie came out in July 20-something of 2007. It took it cost $70 million to make the movie. And they just barely made over that. They I think it ended up topping out once it left at like 9.96 million or something like that. That's really bad. Really <laughs> like that's bad. 
terrible. It's really bad. In its first week, I think it only made like 20. Oh my gosh. So bad. That's terrible. Um, I also would like to preface this whole thing. I don't know if you remember much about the first time we watched the movie. Um, We lived in Reedsville at the time. I remember that. I was supposed to go see the Jonas Brothers 3D tour movie in theaters with Danielle. That's hilarious. Like, and so dad drove me into town, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a cell phone. (gasps) I was was like in middle school and I didn't have a cell phone. So I didn't know if they were in there or what I was supposed to be doing to like, I didn't know what was going on. Well, Wasn't it like PG 13 and and you needed an adult or something? No, that's a different story about Harry Potter and the Lord of the Phoenix. Both involving Neil Ga- or Ben Barnes at this. No, Sirius Black. Oh no. Anyway, moving on. Um, and I didn't know. I think Dad let me use his phone to like try and call her mom or call her or whatever, but mm-hmm. no one was answering, and I couldn't get a hold of anyone. So we sat in the parking lot for like twenty minutes, and then finally. Also, I will say that this is one of the clear moments that, as a child, I knew I had anxiety because I could not handle the stress yeah. of it. So we ended up going home. And I was really bummed about it. And dad was like, oh, let's watch this. This looks fun. So we watched Stardust. Why do I feel like dad had already seen it? Like dad really liked the movie. He hadn't. Lindsay had gone and seen it with Holly in theaters. Oh. Um, when it was in theaters, obviously. Interesting. Okay. So like I will always hate Lindsay a little bit for being able to see it in theaters. And I never got to. <laughs> Anyway, really irksome. I just I remember watching but, it in Reedsville, and I remember Dad being there, and it, it's clearly the kind of movie Dad would have liked. One hundred percent. You can tell just by like if you talk about the stories he used to tell us walking through the timber and stuff, like Firefly and Stardust and stuff like that. You can tell that that's the kind of shit Dad makes liked. sense that he loved the movie. Yeah, because yeah, I mean. And I think that's one of the reasons that we all like the movie so much is because it resembles so closely the stories that dad used to make up yeah. and tell us. That should have been an author. Yeah, okay, <laughs> what the hell? We're not talking about... Because he was a Taurus at the end of the day, <clears throat> and I swear to God, he, he was just a couldn't not do something practical. But um, I'm dating a Taurus, and he does nothing practical. I'm aware, but he struggles with that. That's very true. So, you're right and he, he doesn't is have any kids very practical thinking but he doesn't want to do anything that's practical in general right which i think is and also the fact that like he is a libra moon oh god so and i'm pretty sure an aquarius rising oh my god if i remember correctly i think you're right like kid was set up <laughs> to be the way he is it's fine oh i um, love him moving on anyway so i think that's also why it's one of my comfort movies because mm-hmm. it was initially watched to comfort me yeah so i watch a lot when i am down which is very easy to do especially when you think about dad <laughs> uh, yeah i'm i'm very oh, emotional right now i want to cry me too <laughs> oh, God, I by the way if so no much. one knew our, our father's dead our dad's um dead. what five years this year was it six 2016 so six I was like seven. <laughs> Surely not. No, it's six years. That's disgusting. Growth. Growth. Anyway. Um. Okay. So. Okay. My first listen. My notes are nothing of substance. By the way. Oh great. So I think that this movie was cast 
just like chef's kiss okay so, so good. if you're gonna start no all right but if you're gonna start there we might as well just talk about the cast for a minute like okay. this phenomenal like ball buster cast and then the movie did horribly at robert de niro michelle pfeiffer claire danes Aaron, ian mckellen uh o'toole i can't remember his first name um apparently oh. sienna miller plays she plays victoria and she's huge a lot of people know her apparently really i didn't recognize her from anything what is she um, oh did you look at her imdb i did apparently she was really good friends with chadwick bosman bosman which i was intrigued by r.i.p right r.i.p Ugh. anyway that was a weird Ugh. that was that wasn't like a sad Ugh. <laughs> anyway did we mention ben barnes aka serious black yeah but ben barnes wasn't big yet he hadn't done narnia had he i don't care <laughs> also he was in it for like two seconds which i don't care is one of my notes. I don't care. He, was, he was, they did not utilize him. I enough. love Ben Barnes. Uh, Henry Seville, who also wasn't big yet, for reeking Superman. And then, I mean, obviously, okay. So Charlie Cox also wasn't big yet. And yeah. Now people are obsessed with him, and the whole joke is that Daredevil and <laughs> Superman have like a verbal spar. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And then uh, Peter O'Toole—that's his name—and um. Oh, Ricky Gervis is in it. I don't think I'm pronouncing his last name right, but he was the original Michael Scott in yeah, I knew that. The British yeah. Office. And there's one more. Oh, Mark Strong, who plays Septimus. Really? Yeah, he's really well known. Okay. So I used to think that he could be like the long lost brother of Snape. Right. Oh, I just scratch my chin Snape. far too hard. Not that Alan Rickman R.A.P. wasn't hot, but still. Right. Okay, back to you. No, I'm sorry. Okay. We just had to talk about the cast. No, yeah, it's you're right. Phenomenal. You're right. My last thing before I get to my note. I love Claire Danes because I love Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> anyway, I get that. Um, his mom. So the cast is like amazing. The the casting was so well done, except for Una. Oh, how I dare! Think, no, I think she's a great actress, and I think she plays Tristan. Tristan's mom well <laughs> I think she looks too old at the beginning of the movie when she meets Dunstan she looks a lot older than him although if I think about it I think that's kind of the point yeah I know I'm realizing that now if I think about it like it's a fairy world and she doesn't age at all right because they don't age there like well not, uh, not their like day is like four weeks world. in the human world so, like, I, I guess that makes sense, but I just, to me, she looked too old for Dunstan. I think that's just something I've held on to since childhood. Intrigue. Not childhood, but, like, the first time we watched it was that she looked too old. Um, also, um, this movie has made me obsessed with snowdrops. Tracks. I think it's my favorite flower now. <laughs> I get that. Um, I have a piece of, I think it's CC in Sims 4. <laughs> It's a bunny holding a snowdrop, and you can get it in different colors. And it's and you haven't sent it to me. I don't know where it came from. I hate um, you. Actually, I do. It's oh, from like a kids pack. I think it's on Max's match. But you better track it down. You don't track shit down for me. Anyway, I had one in 
Briar's. I almost, I always want to call her Rosemary. <laughs> no, that's mine. But I have one in Briar's room when she was little, and she kept it into adulthood. And then she gave one to Nor that's yellow and has a snowdrop. And also, you can buy snowdrops at the Fenchwick Festival. So I specifically had Laurel buy one and give one to Briar, and her dad gave her roses. I need to talk about the amount of times that I have wanted to build the village of Wall. From Stardust. In Henford in, on Bagley. In Henford on Bagley. You should. But anyway, so my, my whole point is like this This movie has made me obsessed with snowdrops. Uh, I'm just obsessed with this movie in general. I did realize this time, like while watching it a few minutes ago. Well, I mean, it was like two hours ago. Right. That the yellow of the caravan mm-hmm. is specifically the color yellow that I'm obsessed with. And I, know, I don't know why I never put it that's together, so but that's the yellow I've always yeah. like been in love with. And that made me think about the coloring of the movie. And those are like, that's the color scheme I want for my room. That's the color scheme I've always really liked. And I never noticed. I mean, I always noticed, obviously, that I'm obsessed with blue, specifically. The color of Yvain's dress. The color of Yvain's dress. Yeah. I think about it every time. Stand how much I love that color. Um but yeah, I just didn't realize I, I it's just one of those things that I didn't realize like how impactful I guess on like everyday life that this movie had on me until today. <laughs> it was weirdly enough. <laughs> That's the trauma. Anyway, speaking of coloring and like specifically coloring of the movie. And then we gotta go back uh, to Una. Okay. The village of Wall, so where Tristan is from, mm-hmm. it's it's not like monochrome. It's not like a lot of black and white, but it's very neutral and natural. Like you don't really see colors. Specifically, right. even Victoria's dress is like a very soft, muted baby blue. But then past wall when you're in Stormhole is what it's called, right? It's very colorful and very bright and vivid. Love it. I don't know why I never put that together. I'm stupid. However, I will say stupid. that like... I don't hate the village of Wall, despite it being so. No, I don't hate the brown. village of Wall. No, brown is what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, you about. Hate brown. <laughs> fucking hate brown. Can't stand it. And so I guess it's good I never thought about it that way. But yeah, I, I guess because I always saw it as more like creams and greens. That's why I said neutrals. And yeah, obviously neutrals and stuff. Um, it's like linens, which and I stuff. always really like. It's it makes like, me think of it's that. It's like a garden wedding, and I'm obsessed. Yeah honestly anyway back to una and this is something that i also will talk more about in the book because it's more specific but i never realized until i was reading the book the other day she's literally kidnapped yes think about it for a second una was kidnapped yes was just snatched up it's worse in the book because it's a little it goes into detail well yeah a little bit more and so it like freaked me out it was like jarring to suddenly be like Oh my gosh. She is kidnapped. She's, yes. She's literally in the movie. She's a slave girl. I know. Okay. And obviously I, I, I knew that. But there's just something about like thinking that hard about it and like actually being like kidnapped that stresses me out. Okay. I was reeling. <laughs> I have like five sticky notes in the okay, book about it. Save it. But I will save it. I'm not going to talk about the book. I'm just saying. Anyway, but yeah, I was <laughs> uber stressful to me. What's your next one? Oh, it's when they she sends Tristan to Dunstan. First of all, when they s- call him a souvenir. Can you imagine? 
<laughs> First of all, a no. baby is not a souvenir. <laughs> but second, can you just imagine souvenir. you're living your life. You're like, damn, I just banged a hot chick. And then you're like <laughs> sitting there nine months go by. You're just living your bachelor life, you know, in the village of Wall, struggle bussing. And then there's a baby. No, I don't want to think about also, that. Also, like, how come it's never talked about in the movie? Like, I know the book is very different, but in the movie, everyone just accepts that he has a baby now. That, like, this 18-year-old boy, 19, whatever, has, like, a baby, and no one's like, where did your baby come <laughs> from? Where did you get this baby? <laughs> and, like, you know that in a village like Wall, they pointed fingers at a girl that had a lot of rumors about her that no one liked, and she got slandered so hard, and everyone was like, I bet it's her baby, and that she got pregnant out of wedlock and shit like that. I don't like to but, think Wall isn't like that. Okay, well, fine, you do that. But just in general, this entire village just accepted the fact that this boy had a baby all of a sudden. That's like Una being kidnapped. I never thought about it that hard. The old man who drops him off doesn't even, he's not even like, yo, what's going on? He's just like, here, here, this was dropped off for you. It's like, he's delivering mail. Yeah, you got this letter today. You got this baby today. (laughs) You got this baby today hey this baby was left for you tristan not tristan dustin opens the door in the middle of the night for this and just takes the baby he's not even like i don't know what this is about or like no i don't want this but he's just like i think he kind of figured things well yeah i'm sure he knew like oh dang but also like come on guys practice safe sex (laughs) laney (laughs) i'm just saying this is how 19 year old boys end up raising children on their own (laughs) That scene sorry. is a scene in the Mostly girls. I'm not going to want to talk about because it's uber graphic. And it's freaky. so graphic. And okay, not to... No, I'm not going to talk about anyway. that yet. Anyway, um, I never... I, I mean, obviously, yeah, I've always been kind of curious, but I just really like... And that's one of the points that I have is that I love how Dunstan raises Tristan. It is nice to see like really loudly in the room. That's weird. Him raised by his father and his father only, but still to be so So gentle and soft about everything. Yeah, and like Dunstan is clearly a huge hopeless romantic, and he raises Tristan to be a hopeless romantic. He never in the movie married, and I love that. And it's just this movie was made for hopeless romantics like me, and I needed this movie in my life. I love that he like checks in on tristan like oh how'd it go you know asking victoria they clearly out talk stuff like that that's so cute they have the, a healthy father-son relationship. they have like a very modern relationship i'm obsessed and like uh-huh. modern by today's standards even yeah but this was like 2007 yeah um geez <laughs> when it talks about how tristan is 18 years old and he's a man and, uh, and i was like um 18 year olds are babies why are we trying to marry them all (laughs) ironically i have a not a counterpoint but uh i wrote in my notes about the same moment but i loved the concept of becoming a man entitled or entailed falling in love that (laughs) the the line is what to become a man you must oh in the heart of your one true love i just love that so much I never picked up on that. I, I never. I don't even remember it being said. Yeah, it's what Ian McKellen interesting does when we're doing the <laughs> last bit of the, of the voiceover, and I love that. I love the concept of like, not that he'd become an adult, but he would become 
a man, I guess, and like more fully know himself mm-hmm. once he had found like his true love, like once he had kind yeah. of grown into himself and like his, you know, that I, that's mm. the thing that 18 year olds, they don't know anything okay, about no, anything. They don't. And I don't like thinking about him as 18 in that movie because he doesn't seem 18. Yeah. Because people cast way too old. And Charlie Cox is just too hot for that. <laughs> I actually it. don't. I don't think he's attractive until he has like the medium length hair that one hundred percent Shakespeare gives him. Uh, case in point, there is a post I have on Tumblr that I'll find in a bit. Um, in a bit, it in a minute or in a bit or whatever. Um, that says something about his hair being too short for his forehead. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It, oh, it is. It just it killed me when i saw that i was obsessed with it but yes i also agree he's not attractive until he gets the longer hair anyway my next note is when he goes to victoria's window for the first time (laughs) it's so dumb humphrey has style do you (laughs) see his coat when we first see humphrey i'm like ooh. also i love the mustache i hate it but i love the mustache also he's blonde i don't know what it is about me and blonde it's a wig you ruin her <laughs> <laughs> everything's false no but I that coat i Superman it's the same thing fly away it's the same thing I just remember the lyrics it's similar to the coat that tristan wears when he shows up at the end like we went from one night in shining armor to another <laughs> um well i just mean like how victoria sees them oh thank you for clarifying like that he so when humphrey and tristan both show up at the same time humphrey's wearing white and he's like all polished and he's like the white knight whereas tristan's wearing like black and peasant clothes and then at the end humphrey shows up in like a gray or black ensemble and tristan shows up in the white coat and Tristan looks like the white knight and Humphrey doesn't. And that's where Humphrey like loses it. It's the whole like light prevails thing. If anybody would care to know, Lainey was um, accepted <laughs> into Evansville as one of the costume designers. She's a costume designer. That's why she's obsessed. <laughs> Anyone also wants to know, I quit before the full first semester. <laughs> <laughs> took out over 10 grand in student loans for it it's so funny because you did that and then i quit halfway through my junior year which always makes people go why didn't you just just finish, finish. mine's like okay why'd you even go and yours is like why didn't you finish <laughs> why didn't you just stick it out because i hated it and i didn't want to attempt science thank you um that's my whole reasoning yeah so but yeah the style also i just i feel like that was a costuming choice at least it's one that I saw. I have a costuming um, little tidbit for you once we get Ooh. a little bit further in that I think you're going to be really excited oh about. Gosh. And then you're going to want to watch the movie again because you're going to want to stare at it. Okay. Because I did when we were watching the movie. I just stared at it the entire time. Stared at it. You'll find, I'll, you'll find out when I tell you. I'm going to be thinking about it the whole time now we talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also... When they're in the field and they're drinking champagne, I have never felt anyone so much as when Victoria said the words, this is delicious. (laughs) I love that scene. Me too. I can't stand Victoria as a character because she kind of sucks. Well, yeah, she's terrible. (laughs) She's just a brat and it's annoying. Um, 
but that scene and i know we talk about it literally every time we watch stardust yeah but that scene always makes me wish they were friends yeah like that they grew up as best friends or something well they kind of do in the book like they're friendly they're kind of friendly she's not not, mean they're not i mean she's not nice though yes she is no she's not lenny i was just reading the book i don't believe you but anyway she's not like i mean she's not i wouldn't say she's mean but she's not nice and i literally because well, she's that. like in love with mr monday right i'm aware and but i don't know she's just she's more of a brat i would say in yeah. the book than she is in the movie oh really okay um the point this is not what we're talking yeah, about yeah 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 <laughs> anyway um no i especially when she says the thing about humphrey going to ipswich to get her a ring and tristan's face looks so much like my best friend about to get engaged that's and obviously that's not what's happening what he's really <laughs> but that's what his face looks like a little bit yeah and or maybe a little bit like i'm in love with my best friend and my best friend's significant other is going to get her an engagement ring and now i have to do everything in my power to make sure she doesn't marry him that's kind of the situation that i feel from it but they just like because in my head, it makes no sense that she'd go hang out with him otherwise if they weren't friends. So I just like desperately I wanted think to her, them it was to be best friends. The draw of like sneaking out and the champagne and everything, you know. I mean, true, but that's not the point. I think the it was that I wanted them to be best friends. Yeah, I get it. But it didn't happen. And we're going to move on. Literally, all of my notes are basically just, I love Tristan. <laughs> that's it. Oh, so the whole royalty thing is a bit fucked up, right? <laughs> Obviously. Um, the king is honestly the worst. Like, how do you look at your kids and be like, please kill each other? Also, why would you have so many kids if you just want one to be the successor? Because the strongest has to be the successor. Uh, well, if you only have one, that's the strongest. And now that we're here, <laughs> now that we're here the costume tidbit i have for you okay the costume designer apparently in the the like suits that each of the brothers wears yeah they each have their roman numeral embroidered all over their coat and then their buttons on the waistcoat are the arabic symbol of their number and then septimus's spurs are sevens Okay, you're right now. I got to <laughs> I just stared at the movie, though. I oh just stared gosh. at them every time. That's the it's kind of so detail cool. shit I do. Right. I, I I loved finding that out. That was just mwah, chef's kiss. I loved it. It was beautiful. It was great to watch it and see that. Oh Even gosh. I was obsessed with it. Um, For as far as... I have a lot about the brothers, I think, for some reason. Um, And actually, the first note I had it all was... um. And this is not going into the book too much, but in the book, Secundus is already dead. I like that in the movie, they kept him alive because they needed to show the kind of, they needed the fact that these brothers are killing each other to be more oomph, for lack of a better word. And so they said, okay, we'll take one of the brothers that's already dead and we'll just kill him off a little earlier. Because I think he dies in the exact same way. He does. They just give him a death. I also... Because then it doesn't become like... a Otherwise, it looks like a rivalry between just two of the brothers. Right. And so... Also, 
Does Tertius also make you think of Peter Pettigrew? Every day of my life. No, I just, he's like, he's clearly the runty one. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's just something I really enjoyed that they did that. Um, And on like a cinematic level, they said, we need to show this. So how are we going to show this? And that's how they did it. And I just love that um, kind of thought process there. Thought that was, thought that was cool. Um, Um, And also, I think the king wanted Septimus to secede him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Septimus was his favorite. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. It's because he was the hottest. Actually, I'm sorry. Fact. He, other than Una, was the only hot one. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a bit rude to the frozen guy and the guy who's... No, it was just a bit rude to the frozen guy. I guess I can't say what, what he really actually looks like. looks like. That's so funny. But I guess the guy who played Primus um, was in an X-Men movie at one point there are actually seven actors slash actresses who play superheroes and or villains that were in stardust okay fun times um so first of all i don't know where i was going with that but i i like that the movie i can't even remember the order that it happens in but like the star falls because of the king with the necklace and it like hits her and takes her out of the sky or whatever and like then the witches also see it and so like you have the cause for what like it's just i don't know to me i like that all three scenes happen at the same time and it's the cause for all three like different groups of people that it's not like but like they all have a different reason for wanting it because a lot of movies where it's like multiple people wanting the same thing it's like they realize it at different times or it's because they want the exact same thing from it but this is like three completely different stories being told at one time it's a lot like into the woods just without the musical and a lot more sinister where everyone what it's just perfect i know it's like all the storylines that's what i was that was one of my notes was that like i love all the different angles and like the fact that each person is like a protagonist and an antagonist i mean clearly we have one person we're rooting for in the movie because otherwise you're a horrible person robert de niro yeah robert de niro (laughs) for sure (laughs) oh i just want captain shakespeare to be able to live his life okay captain shakespeare um but i don't know i just really like like the layered effect that it has i get what you're saying also can we talk about when we first see the witches she rips her hair out and it's no because you don't like that part it so makes, why would you talk about it because it i i think also, about it more often than you, i probably should and it makes my we're not at the witches yet and i have a crap ton okay. to say about okay. the witches okay um um no but i get what you're saying about the like structure of that scene i will say that i wish we had seen it made sense to see tristan and victoria first but i wish we had seen evane falling first and like from like i wish we'd seen the stormhold section first mm-hmm. and then seen them reacting to it reacting to it because it probably would have led us more to know that like that was the cause and effect right right rather than like oh we saw the effect before the cause here's something that happened and then we saw why it happened 
and then we saw somebody else reacting to it yeah. it's not bad i don't it's have not. i don't have actual issues with that like i've never had an actual issue with it i've never thought about it until now because you brought it up yeah. but just if you were i guess and like they couldn't have changed it it would have made no sense, sense to go from victoria and tristan to stormhold to back Stormhold to victoria back and, tristan, and then to the witches there was no like it was they they flowed into it they transitioned yeah. into it really well speaking of transitions the transition from when dunstan is in wall and goes into the carriage and then when it's talking about like nine months later that whole <laughs> passing section yeah and you zoom out and you're seeing just the land and mm-hmm. then it turns into a map of the land and then mm-hmm. the like actual leaves float across the map yeah I it's so pretty can't even begin to explain the things that that scene does to me that that transition does i'm just like Ugh. it's so pretty i love it i love it i love it i love it um i, I about the layering sorry one last thing yeah, yeah. i also like the like it's like with each thing that it introduces it gets deeper into like the realm of is it like a fairy realm what do they call it it's fairy yeah it's fairy so it goes like deeper into fairy but it also gets more sinister like it starts off with like humankind and like he wants to get the star to win her love and it's not exactly like a pure intention or whatever and then it goes to stormhold there's nothing about tristan that isn't pure i know your time. <laughs> i'm sorry and then it goes to stormhold where like there's still like half man half fairy basically okay and their whole thing was that they are in like a power struggle and it's they need to get the stone to become king and then it goes deeper into the witches where it's like i want to get the star because i want to kill this person and i want to eat the heart like it each layer is darker and farther into like fairy lore um so Very interesting i to me. love where the witches live the house looks it's so it looks, pretty if it weren't the way that it is it looks like a giant greenhouse like a giant conservatory it really does i'm obsessed with that and i like that it's just like sitting in a freaking like crater cracks me up i don't know how they get down there anywhere near as quickly as any of them do i'm just because it's a movie <laughs> <laughs> they're at the top of a hill and then the next second they're down at the bottom and i don't really understand what's happening yeah. there um but so we're on to the witches now um my first note is <laughs> which of the three witches for me you and Lindsay? <laughs> it's like immediately where my head goes every time i watch this uh, this movie is just like which one which is funny because we talked about the age order while we were watching it and clearly like which made me laugh because i had already written the note pfeiffer is the how uh, like the oldest she's the oldest and then the Mo- morma moma i don't know her name is names. um lamia is michelle pfeiffer uh morma's the one that gets eaten by the animals and then impusa is the youngest impusa yeah because impusa is clearly the youngest and i always associate us with the age order but i think like temperament wise i would be michelle pfeiffer yeah 100 100 percent probably impusa no i think you're impusa that's her name I'm in Pusa? Yeah. She seems <laughs> I can She seems the most ditzy, the most oh, great, thanks. quick to anger. And also the one who is has the gentle gen, the most gentle approach to like killing Septimus and Tristan to me. 
I feel like I know things about myself that I was not aware that being in Pusa would teach me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so confused. But Lindsay's Morma, just like... Mormo. Whatever. Something like that. Um, But yeah, I feel like I would be the Michelle Pfeiffer you're of the Michelle- group. You are. It's the same way that you're the Harry Potter of the group. Yeah, I know. I'm always a leading character. It's okay. And I'm Ron. And Lindsay's Hermione. Yep, that makes sense. Okay. Especially because Morma. Mormo? Morma? Mormo. I think. I'm like 97% sure. Whatever her name is, is like, I would say the more bookish of the group, which not that you're less bookish than Lindsay, because that's clearly not true. You know what I mean? Anyway, speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer, okay, let's talk about um her transformation her cinderella transformation because that's basically what that is yeah <laughs> and i'm obsessed with the golden strands in her hair yes that was yes. what i was about to say <laughs> that is what i have written down i have a whole costume section but that is one of the things i have written down is the sparkly strands in her hair and i remember that being a thing mom bought us mm-hmm. sparkle strands to put in our hair and they never went in and it was super annoying and like we have curly hair so it wouldn't have worked anyway but <laughs> right. if i i still I still just like want to recreate that for a holiday, New Year's Eve, Christmas, yeah, Halloween. I don't care. I want those strands in my hair. Also, her makeup is like impeccable at that time, and I yeah. am obsessed with it. Um, and so another thing about the sisters, and it's not an issue I have with the movie or the book by any means, like at all. It's just a question I have is how does the magic system work? Because they get older the more magic they use, Mm -hmm. and she had to eat the last bit of the star's heart to become young in order to be able to go get the new star because she needed the power and the magic. Mm -hmm. So at first I was thinking, well, they don't you don't see them do magic at all in the beginning of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm until she becomes young and then you see her doing magic Mm -hmm. so maybe they like lose their magic as they get older then i was like no because you see them do magic at the end when they're in the big fight sequence even though they're old but the more magic she uses the older she gets Mm -hmm. so i was wondering maybe it's like a they'll die if they use it all up like their magic is what i've always imagined that yeah and that's why they need to eat the star because otherwise they can't do much magic. Yeah. And then once they're at their house, they're not aging with their magic. Yeah. So I wonder if their magic or if their house is like kind of. She still ages with her magic. Not at the like. house. It looks like at the end when like it like close ups on her face and it like gets all grayish weird looking. No, that's what it looked like the whole time. And Mormo oh. and Impusa never aged either. Yeah, I didn't notice With the that. magic. And so that I had a lot of, I just, I don't know why I never thought about it, but I had a lot of questions about it because I was like, how does that magic system work? Because in the book, they live in a mirror realm. And I wonder if oh yeah that was kind of, I mean, obviously that's not what happens in the book, but right. I wonder if, or in the movie, but I wonder if it's supposed to be some kind of like neutral ground where yeah. it's like, especially since I live down yeah. in that like cavernous thing, if it's supposed to be like, they're not as affected by the amounts of magic that they're yeah. using at home but like they wouldn't be able to or maybe it's that they they're that all old. together maybe because ditwater is it ditwater or ditchwater 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 sal doesn't age with her magic true i've always wondered about that intrigue or granted she, she doesn't does... really use she only uses magic at the end really it's really just small amounts of magic <clears throat> she uses like 
transforming Una from the bird into a human. Yeah. Which seems Which more seems like a... pretty big. Yeah. Bigger than making your boob not sag. Hmm. I just have questions. Yeah, me too. It makes kind of no sense. Yeah. But not it does in the book, but it doesn't in the movie. But not in an annoying way. No. Obviously, since I've gone this long without ever thinking about it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I had that question. I just didn't know how their magic see like how the magic system kind of worked there um i think those are all the notes i have i mean other than obviously the one mark on the whole movie the continuity error of michelle pfeiffer being old one second Mm -hmm. then being in the mirror and being freakishly gorgeous and young not that old people aren't gorgeous that's not what i meant um (laughs) and then the next second she's old again yeah that will forever bother me oh actually one more thing the stars are talking to tristan yeah and they say that the same witches who took their last sisters after evane evane doesn't recognize lamia though but wouldn't she because the stars know who did it so you think she'd know who to watch out for I never thought about it until tonight. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. That seems like a big loophole. Maybe it's like a feeling the stars have or it's like a. You kind of lose some of that like knowledge when you fall. Or something, maybe. Because I feel like they would be able to know that like something was happening. But I feel like they wouldn't be able to recognize certain people. You know what I mean? Like they have like an overall. Sense. Like that the, like they have like a like a third eye basically like how like they can use the stones with the runes on it to figure out that like the witches used that to figure out that there was a prince following lamia yeah but evane says that they watch like the whole concept is that they watch that they notice those things happening yeah so i just don't don't know. know maybe she was too young a star well she's supposed to be the north star Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is another note I have. The implication that she's the North Star. Um, No, but yeah, I was just confused by that. And I I guess, again, it's back to how the magic system works. Maybe she only recognizes her if she's old. I don't know. Maybe you lose some of that when you hit the ground. That's what I thought. She hit her head pretty hard, I feel. She did. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, it's just one of those things that, like, I mean, obviously they're specifically watching, but maybe being up above and then being down below is still different in some way yeah and so you wouldn't know i don't know it was just a question i had those were the only two marks i have about the whole movie mm-hmm. only two okay um one of the things that i love about like when tristan goes back to his dad when he's getting the start first of all yes his dad is a hopeless romantic he just wants his bb to be happy because he's like literally like go do this um he's so in love with una still when Tristan's like, oh, she could still be alive. And he's like, oh, above well, you, so. what? you what? Don't speak <laughs> nonsense into the world. She's fine. <laughs> like, it's so funny to me that he, like, and he never married. Like, he clearly. Like, that was his. That was the person. That was he his one true loved. love. Yeah. He became a man because that was his one true love. Yeah. It, well, and in the book, let's they, be honest. Tristan is his one true love. But <laughs> in the book, they explain that a little better. Yeah. Um. um but also the fact that. 
Dunstan never opened the letter that Una wrote to Tristan. Like, I could so proud. never. Well, that's because you're a Gemini. I would have opened that thing as soon as I saw you're it. You're a nosy bitch, so. I am. That was the last of my notes, by the way. That was the last of your notes? Yeah, because then I just started watching the movie and working on my thing. Anyway, all right. Um, So, I said, <laughs> all the different times that I just said, I love Tristan. I love Tristan. Thanks. Um, Tristan is the prototype of my type. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I love him. Anyway, um, I did think about getting the necklace as a tattoo. Just a random side note. It's in my notes, okay? I'm just saying. I thought about it. Okay. Um. Cat here. What? (laughs) The... Okay, so the different costumes that I have listed under costumes is um, obviously I have the princess listed. And then I love Una's dress, too. Oh, me too. It's not my favorite kind of blue. I do love the color blue, but I like the fit of it a lot. It's like the color forget-me-not blue. Yes, I love it. Um, and then I do like Yvain's silver silky dress. Um, yes. Or obsessed with that dress. And then obviously. I also love that it's like blue one shapeless. To die for. Her, it's like a sheath almost. Her silver dress, it's like shapeless and it's like a color you would associate with a star. It's with a star. It looks like liquid and I love it. Yeah. Like they. The, uh, the costuming in this fucking movie was impeccable. Fact. Um. Also, I love the way they did her hair in that like loopy braid thing mm-hmm. at first when she's wearing the blue dress. I always want to recreate that with my hair. Unfortunately, I don't have enough hair. I like the sisters and quickly going bald. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I have obviously the sparkle strands of Michelle Fiverr's hair and then her makeup. And then you had already mentioned it a little bit, but Tristan's coat. Oh my God. And it's not something I ever, I noticed a lot while watching the movie this time, I guess. But it's not something that I ever really thought about until I was watching it this time. But that coat is gorgeous. First of all, the lining of it is like a mustardy gold. (laughs) Beautiful. Obsessed. I want it so bad. But then like the nice creamy color. It's not like a white. It's like a cream. I know. And then it's got like brown leather details. Obsessed. And then I was like, okay. And it looks so good when he's running. It has so much movement. Right. Whereas... Humphreys was very stiff. Right. And he wears the top hat and everything. Anyway. And like Harry Potter wedding. Yes. But also like celestial navy blue cream wedding. I thought about a mirror ball themed wedding today. Like I'm down. I'm down for that. Anyway. Um, and then I said, this is the world I want to live in most. Also blue. <laughs> Cause that's just who I am as a person. Um, okay can we just like talk about the cinematography and like just the locations like the scenes oh my God, for this movie gorgeous. i cannot stand specifically the one i have written down is the scene with the soothsayer truthsayer whatever he's called soothsayer that's what i thought and i was like is it supposed to be truthsayer anyway um the like icy blue of that whole scene mm-hmm combined with like mark strong's eyes yeah i mm, i also just really like that they did a really good job of showing how it's like a land of all these different types and like the travel and the length of time that it's taking by showing like 
Tristan and Yvain in the woods, and then Ooh, Lamia. Lamia. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Lamia, like on the lush green hills, that's, and then mm, 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 that scene alone. That I scene know. where it zooms out and she turns and like it's windy I and know. she's like walking hard into the wind and then it shows but she's also like there is a little bit of farmland and then it shows um like the icy place where uh septimus is with the soothsayer and it shows like the whole palace with obviously their little kingdom and stuff like that like it just shows like how it spans basically an entire world which is actually pretty perfect considering how babylon candles work in the book um honestly like i didn't yeah. think about the correlation there until just now but yeah that's actually pretty perfect um also fun fact when tristan runs into primus's carriage coach whatever it's called the line he says about um maybe providence brought you to me just as it brought me to you that's a direct quote from the book oh i was really intrigued by it something i don't nope we all we like all things okay I don't quite understand. Never mind, because I do. So I've de- I've debunked it for myself. I've it? talked about it with you before, but like when he and Yvain are basically being crowned at the end, and it's like the village of Wall and Stormholder there, and I was like, what? But I think it's supposed to be like him bringing the two worlds together. But anyway, maybe I think that he just was friends with Victoria. I don't think he was friends with Victoria, especially <laughs> because her attitude it. at the end where she's like, <laughs> okay, because even if I were friends with him, I'd still be bitter about the fact that I wasn't That's, queen. Then she's a terrible friend. And also then her boyfriend starts flirting with a gay okay, pirate. It's hard not to flirt with Robert De Niro. I understand. Or a gay pirate. <laughs> fact. I understand. I really do. Um, Someone did mar- remark on how... Robert De Niro's character as Captain Shakespeare is one of like the few unsung, like f- gender fluid, non-binary, yeah. um, millennial characters that we have, and people just need to talk about it more. I just love that character. I just yeah. I've always loved that's the Robert thing I love about this movie. movie. Every character has so much depth. Okay. I would say the people who have the least amount of depth are the brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but they still do his, and it shows when Septimus sees Una and he's like Una and you can see that he's like taken aback and he's like hopeful but also like really sad like oh my gosh this is my sister I finally found her although right. why are they never looking for Una although honestly because they're too concerned with killing each other although I will oh, say man. that each of those brothers has a very strong character they do no they do I'm just saying like you don't see a lot of like extra layers to them they're not like Shrek. which it's supp- I guess kind of makes sense considering they're all like one family and they are all at one time a an antagonist to the plot and where it's supposed to go so like they're each like a different level but just in general the characters have so much depth in the movie mm-hmm. also speaking of being an antagonist to the plot mm-hmm that's because like obviously Lamia and her sisters are like the true antagonists. They're the they're the true villains. Right. Of the whole story. Because they're the villain to everyone. And like they want to cause actual harm. Yeah. 
Whereas... Well, Septimus says that he wants to cut out Yvain's heart. Okay, yeah, once he realizes that she's a star. But that's not what he's doing at first. That's not why he sets out on his quest. Yeah. And so he's almost a bit of a protagonist That's what I said earlier, was that there's so many protagonists and antagonists. Because any way you look at it... Like, I know your protagonist is always... Or your antagonist is always the protagonist of their own story. But you could watch this movie or read this book from any group's point of view and technically root for them and have not not the witches you're right true antagonists but like you could watch from the brother's point of view and be like okay this is the protagonist and tristan's an antagonist to it right um yeah i just find that intriguing being an antagonist to the plot rather than to the characters and even victoria's an antagonist no that's because she's a brat because she's standing in the way of Tristan realizing he's in love with Yvain. Okay, and on to that point. Even though it's a little further in my notes than I originally think, figured we would get to. Um, not get to, but like, we're jumping a little bit. Okay. Um, do you... Th- I guess we're talking about Captain Shakespeare anyway, so it's fine. Do you think... Hmm. I'm trying to think of how best to phrase it. When do you think he would have told Yvain that he was in love with her? Or do you think he wouldn't have told her unless she said it first because he didn't want to put that pressure on her and he was just like if she says nothing i'll just stick with victoria and if that's the case do you think he would have taken her over into wall and subsequently accidentally murdered her oh gosh if she hadn't Um, said anything i don't think he would have told her first for sure i don't think he would have actually taken her to wall i think he would have gotten to the end of wall and been like this is ridiculous i think he would have realized i'm not in love with victoria so he wouldn't have wanted to be with her anyway i think he still would have like tried to take a little bit of her hair or something i think he would have told you vain like you're fine we're done you know stay here or whatever i don't think he would have said i'm in love with you but I don't think he would have taken her over the wall. Because I think at the end of the day, Tristan always knew how ridiculous it was to present a <laughs> living person to Victoria. And right. be like, this is your star. Um, so I don't think he would have said I love you had she not said it. I think he wouldn't have realized it as soon as he did if it hadn't been for Captain Shakespeare. Because I don't think he necessarily realized it until he was told I think he, like, knew, but he wasn't, like, he didn't admit it to himself. Because he was so stuck on what he was supposed to be doing. But, yeah, I don't think he would have taken her into Wall. Interesting. What do you think would have been his explanation for not? Other than, this is absolutely ridiculous. Because in her head, she's thinking, well, you can just show her that I am a person and be done. I think because at the end of the day, he knows it's not her world and, like, why drag her all the way to victoria's just for victoria to get mad and they get like have to take her back i don't know i I don't know i was just curious i don't think he would have taken her over the wall though which isn't even ultimately my question that wasn't really what i was trying to get at it was more of a would he have said anything (sighs) had she not said anything no i don't think he would have which, by the way, the scene where she confesses his love, her love to him, I cry oh my every gosh, it's just so time. First of all, the cinematography in that scene is astounding. It's so bright and buttery and sunshiny and yellow, and I love it so much. And she just, like, has this 
open heart to heart with this mouse who she thinks can't understand her at all mm-hmm. and i just love her so much and like this movie just shaped so much of who i am today clearly is all i'm thinking um i don't know i just i love that scene i cry like a baby every time yeah will i work it into my wedding now somehow yeah just as i will have the music that they dance to be the music i walk down the aisle to because i will incorporate everything i love into things anyway um primers in the bathtub can we talk about how he no. got, he got into that bathtub and it was probably lukewarm and dirty yeah that's what people used to do back then that's they shared disgusting. bath water i know <laughs> i don't want to talk about it okay moving on um what do you think of every time you hear the music that captain shakespeare's dancing to while all the pirates fight septimus's men do 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 i don't think of you don't think of anything <laughs> it's the sweet life <laughs> i hate you just move on <laughs> i always get never the sweet life of Zack theme song stuck in my head <laughs> every time i watch that movie i'll sing it for days after it's oh ridiculous um okay see and then about halfway through this stupid movie i went mm, i should get the snowdrop as a tattoo and then i immediately went wait i said i couldn't do that because that's what laney said she was gonna do and i'll forever hate you uh, okay wow um the chase scene the scene where evane's walking towards the wall and you've got someone chasing her from all sides yeah and it's just like which is so funny because it makes like a compass around like a North yeah, Star. I was just about to say hilarious. that. I never even thought about that. I love that so yeah. much. But just like that's apparently everybody's favorite scene. I was reading a lot of people being like, I'll watch the entire movie just to watch that one well, scene. And part of the best, one of the best things about that scene, which I, it clearly was a purposeful thing where it was like a compass around the North Star because we both thought about it. But when it shows her, she is in slow motion. And when it shows anyone else, they are going so fast. <laughs> And it's just like, it's beautiful. I just am obsessed. Because her slow motion not only represents like the absolute danger she's in, she doesn't even realize it, but also her state of mind. Right. Yeah. Just the kind of like, I have nothing left to live for. My dress is undone. My hair is a mess. Well, it's not like she could do her corset on her own. Also, can someone please recreate that dress for me? I want to put it on my body at all times. Obsessed. Um anyway so yeah just the chase scene in in general oh man those are all the notes i have that seems slightly dumb okay i do have some tumblr posts <laughs> someone said watching stardust and honestly every movie needs a ghost gallery where everyone who has died throughout the film just watches the rest of it with increasingly entertaining <laughs> commentary which <laughs> i was watching deleted scenes on youtube i've never seen these i've never seen deleted scenes for this movie before okay i don't know how this has happened but i haven't and almost all of them were just extra scenes of the ghosts being <laughs> dumb <laughs> one of them was like the four brothers like surrounding Yvain and trying to pick up the stone because they thought they it would bring them bring back, back to, to life, life oh no um 
and that's not even it at first they were like just sitting next to her and then tertius appears out of nowhere and he starts freaking out and he goes to grab the stone and they're like bro and then he realizes he's dead and they're like maybe all four of us can try and lift it together and one of them is like it didn't work with three and someone was like yeah but maybe it'll work with four. Oh my god <laughs> so funny so i was dumb. it was killing me and then another one is there in is when they're in the coach and primus is like it's when tristan is running at the coach mm-hmm. and they're just sitting in the thing they're playing i spy oh my gosh <laughs> they don't get the concept of it at all just so funny one of them was like no it's gotta be something you can see it can't be something you just thought of because it's called i spy because you see it Jesus. and i died it was so funny it was just it killed me correct me up also another deleted scene was them was tristan and evane right before they used the babylon candle to go up into the sky mm-hmm. telling their kids that one of them had to be the next king or queen mm-hmm. and they specifically made a point that it could be a king or a queen it did not have to be one of their sons yeah and they did they released it into the sky the stone into the sky um and they all had to go whoever found it none of them had to kill each other but whoever found it was the next ruler of Stormhold. Um, And she told him to aim low to die at another star, which cracks me up. But he was old. Mm -hmm. And I guess I had just assumed the entire time that he would always stay young because that was the point. It wasn't just immortality. If you had a star's heart, you stayed young. I think that it was more metaphorical that he had the star's heart. I think it was that he gets to be immortal and live with her now that they're in the sky together. And that's why they did it when their kids and grandkids were all grown, was that otherwise he would die. No, he ruled for 80 years. Okay. But I don't think that... They specifically... It was because he was immortal with her But I don't... That was the point. I just thought that he would be young and then... And it might be why they cut the deleted scene because they went, oh no, he'd be young. So we shouldn't do this. I don't think he'd be young because even the witches got old. Even though they're eating her heart. Yes, but that's because it eventually faded away and they used their magic and kept losing it. Whereas he always has a vein's heart. Also, in the actual movie, you see them in a window lighting up the candle and going. Yeah. And in the deleted scene, he's like dying, like decrepit in a bed, laying down. And she it's looks terrible. like she hasn't aged a day. And I immediately went, oh, my God, Will and Tessa. Um, merely specters on Tumblr. said <laughs> No, because I could write an essay on the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie. Pride and Prejudice is to Jane Austen what the Lerman Romeo and Juliet is to Shakespeare, an adaptation that focuses not on specifics but on the emotional core of the piece. It's what the Stardust movie was to the book, which I think is... I never, I guess maybe because I've never read Pride and Prejudice. I have read Romeo and Juliet, though. And that movie's more of, like, a time warp adaptation. Um, So it's a little different. But I do like the concept of, like, just taking the core of it and doing what you can with it. Because specifically they said that they would never be able to... A lot of people said you wouldn't be able to recreate the whimsy. Yeah. the the kind of old timey fairy tale that Neil Gaiman put wrote the book as yeah into a movie it just wasn't gonna work out and so they just did what they could 
he did say that <laughs> when they were when he was writing the book and um the illustrator was doing the pictures and stuff he was like i put a giant pirate flying pirate ship in there because i love flying pirate ships i love pirates i love ships i love flying mm. pirate ships i put it in there it took me 10 seconds to write it down with pen and paper and have it in there <laughs> and then i sold the rights and then i was standing in a physical replica of this and i felt awful about it <laughs> i think i so read that funny. or you've told me about it before it cracked me up oh this is like a this is like a pie graph like you know one of those nutritional graphs and the bottom is psychological needs and basic needs and it's the for your hand in marriage i would go to the fields of san francisco that whole part yeah and then at the very top in the self-fulfillment needs it's the it's her saying i thought i'd lost you but you came back and he says of course i did i love you and i was just like i love the way he says of course i did i love you because he like kind of chuckles and is like he's bashful about it because it's like the first time he's ever said i love you to her i think and it's just so cute i'm crying it's fine i love them so much and it, it is just the fact that like he felt he needed to do all these things to prove to victoria that he was in love with her and yeah. it probably still wouldn't be good enough. And all that Evane was looking for was for him to be there. And he was like, well, of course, like I'm here. Like that's yeah. it. Anyway, um, I guess I'm still on the hunt for a stardust tattoo. It really might be Evane's tiara at the end. I love that. I love her tiara. Okay. That's what I was going to get when we were going to get crowns. I know. And we decided not to. So, all right. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, <laughs> if you, if you did, far. I'm sorry. Um, go watch Stardust. It's magnificent, but understand that it's mine. Thank you. Also, I love Tristan Thorne. <laughs> also, I love also, Tristan. Thorne. I love Ponzi. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's why I said that. That is hilarious okay thanks bye okay thanks bye